hello and welcome to Frock Flicks, the historical costume movie and TV podcast. I'm your host, Tristan L. Bass, and I'm here with one half of our original Broadway recording cast. Kendra Van Cleve. And we are here at the series finale Hold. of... Hold me! Downton, Downton Abbey! Abbey. Oh, it's over! No more. What That's do we it. even do? We'll find some way to fill the gaping hole of Sunday nights. Jesus. Um... Yeah, well, they tied it up with a bow. Jesus, did they tie it up with a bow. Lots of bows. Many bows. All over the place. Yes, butt bows. Big, fat butt bows. Everywhere. Um, all the storylines came to some kind of yes. conclusion, somehow, some yes. way, shape, or form. Some of which were a little rushed, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the biggest and most obvious one was, of course, Edith. Thank God. Oh. Finally. I was a little terrified. And listen, I am all about being a self-actualized woman. I have a career. I kept my own name when I did get married. And I never was one of those people who was like, oh, I want to get married. Whatever. I don't care if they had made it like, oh, Edith realized that her life really is the magazine and her daughter. And, and she doesn't actually need a man. It's like, oh, come on. Just let the woman be happy. I was, I was a <laughs> little nervous that that was going to happen. So I was so relieved. Yes. So relieved yes. when Mary and Rosamond arranged the uh, the dinner. Although I do feel like that was a little small, too small of a gesture on Mary's part. I still feel like Mary should have flagellated more. Yeah, seriously. She made a phone call and yeah. he showed up and... Great, thanks. Wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little... Um, uh, you know, I mean, come on. That was all it took? Really? That was yeah. all it took? Yeah. Wow. But the dress that Edith wore to that dinner was gorgeous. Go- probably my favorite of the whole episode. Yeah. It was this beautiful copper color with a little bit of green in yeah, it. Kind of- and then it had this gorgeous neckline. It's one of my favorite necklines where um, it's sort of there's a straight across the top of the bust. And then it goes pretty far out towards the armpit and then comes up and in as it goes over the neck. It's like inverted triangles. Yes. The straps right. are like inverted triangles. Right. And then in back, there was a, a triangular cutout as well. And yeah. so pretty. Really nice. And so again, pretty. those beautiful colors that, that together are almost um, like a verdigris sort of. Uh, green gold, right, or like hammered, um, shimmery copper with copper. changing color. That's or is it cop- is the oh, okay, copper? Um, she used yeah. a big word. Yeah, um, it, it's it's just it was gorgeous. Yeah. It was really beautiful, and of course, you know, as soon as Edith sees Birdie, she's all oh. So you know, she's looking gorgeous, but the whole time her face is just looking pained. Right, uh, but you know, whatever. If you're gonna look pained, yeah. at least do it in a gorgeous gown. Uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting dynamic how she was, like, more miffed at him rather than... I kind of expected her to immediately be like, really? You'll take me back? Yeah. Uh, but good for her for being like, you know... Maybe. Yeah, you maybe gotta not. maybe work at this a little bit. Yeah. And interestingly, uh, Edith has always been in, in great colors. And, you know, kind of at the beginning, lots of... We have the whole series, lots of whites, blah, blah, blah. And then she really finds her own and she's in all these peaches and greens and golds and blah, blah, blah. And then just I've kind of noticed sort of towards the end of this season uh, going a bit quieter and more muted. But then in this episode, she was in screamingly bright pinks and oranges, like so bright for her day wear. Yes. And clearly it's the renaissance of Edith. Yes. Um, And and some of these these prints or colors, we had some little disagreements on. Like there was there was one 
uh, when they're at Birdie's castle. Yeah, we're going to need to talk about the we'll, castle We'll get a to second. that in a minute. Where um, the flowers, it was this pinkish floral stuff. And to me, it was On almost like Hawaiian punch. You know, like, whoa. I cool. liked it. Yeah, but... so, you know, some of them... But it, it was bright. It, it was really bright. Wow. And, yeah. Um, Can we pause and talk about castles? Let's go for the castle. Because oh, <laughs> not only she's going to be a marchioness, she's yes. going to have a fucking castle. Oh my god, bitches. Did you see like how many like archways the car had to go through just to get into wherever oh, they were parking? Yeah. Like, um, that was like that was a castle, a castle. Seriously. And uh, seriously, I want to have sex with that library. Oh, you could fit three of the Down Abbey libraries in their one yeah. library. Yeah, so suck it, Mary. That's right, bitch. Mary, you're going down. Mary, little, you know, poor, daughter of an earl. Poor uh, Mary. That's all yeah. you get. She, yes. she ain't titling up, but mm, Edith. Oh. Edith can start mm. sending her checks for Christmas. Yeah. Now, Jesus. granted, it's going to be expensive to heat and all that, but I don't care because it's a castle. It's a totes oh, castle. Oh, my God. That was so... God, every... You know, every room when they walked in... Jeez. We're going into this drawing room yes. and that drawing... Oh. Yes. She's in the yellow drawing room as opposed oh. to the pink, red, blue, black, purple, white, etc. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Zebra oh. print. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Though her soon-to-be mother-in-law um, was kind of a big... Okay, so I have to pause for the very few Brits who are out there and who are Miranda fans. Took me a minute, but that is the mom from Miranda, which is a fabulous comedy show that nobody else is going to know. But you and I are going to know that that was uh, fabulous. And especially there was one line she said where she used, I swear to God, she used the phrase what I call which is a recurring joke on Miranda, and that's just a shout out to my fans. Thank you, people who get it. Never mind, I'm done. There you go. Good Thank times. Thank you. Okay, um, but of course she had to be the the fly in the ointment, as possibly, you know, bringing down the marriage. Blah blah blah. Um, she learns about, uh, you know, Edith tells her about Marigold, and she throws in a, a little... green print. So yeah, Edith is wearing this green fluttery ruffly I thing. Loved the colors and loved the print. It was very nice. But the mother-in-law was wearing, also wearing ruffles in a... Kind of beige uh, It was a kind of gray and white yeah. beige print, layered print. And the ruffles on her, maybe it's because of her age, maybe it's because of the style of the ruffles, but they just looked kind of crappy. Yeah. Um, and there was a, 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 pretty much everything they put her in looked a little frumpy or kind of mother of the bridey. And granted, I mean, pennies, she, she you know. is an older generation, but there's... There's older generation Cora, and then there's older generation Mother of the Bride. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, they just, some of them weren't great. Yeah. The thing that she was wearing um, at the engagement party when she was supposed to announce the engagement, that top looked honestly like a 1980s beaded top you'd wear with, you know, plazo pants or something. Yes. That your grandmother, that your grandmother would grandma, wear yeah, when she's being snazzy. Yeah. Um, and it was really just kind of. Yuck. Yeah. Uh, I loved, uh, yeah, I thought Edith's pink beaded dress that she wore to the engagement yes. party. It wasn't the best thing she's ever worn, no, but was, I thought it was, was very, very pretty. pretty. And it had a nice cut with some, um, uh, kind of the hem was interesting. And uh, and it was a nice bright color. Yeah, it was. And then, of course, there's her wedding dress. Oh, yeah. Which generally, I mean, I would give it a B. I mean, uh, so I thought the veil 
kick butt and that ma- that was had great drama and then later when sh- you see her without the veil i really liked her headpiece yeah. uh, that was kind of tiara-esque but also had like hanging um beaded tassels um the dress itself was a, a teensy bit mumsy a teensy bit but i also get it i mean she's a bit older and everyone would know she already had one you know ditched at the altar so she couldn't have gone for full you know i'm 18 and wearing the full wedding dress, she had to, I think, go, they had to go a little bit more. That said, I kind of hated both Mary and Edith's first wedding dresses. They were of their times, which was, you know, teens um, or early 20s. I don't know what the exact year is. So now with Mary, I remember that it was silk charmeuse and they, very they severe. Both, they both were. And I love that on Mary because I think that suits her. I don't remember they what they suited. Wore. They were both very of the period, and they were. And I didn't like. I mean, I just don't. Okay, for me, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, know, I don't like that period for wedding gowns because they they are very severe, and I think they're very harsh, and um, they don't. Oh, they don't look great. I mean, Edith at least had the big giant veil. Mary didn't have the big giant veil. Um, the only wedding gown I've liked on this series so far has been roses. Um, the second one, not the one that she actually got married in. The no, one no. for the reception. The no, one, I don't remember it. The one, the one that she wore uh, with a suit that looked like fucking she stole from the Dowager Countess. <laughs> uh, that she wore for the actual wedding, which was just a you know civil ceremony because um, she's you know she's marrying a Jew and all that. Um, but the dress that she wore at the reception was beautiful and actually was a vintage dress that they found. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, yes. You know now I remember um, it. I've that's repeated. the only only good wedding dress. That they, I've seen on the show, yeah. So which is surprising, respect, given how well they do evening wear. You would think that wedding wear. Would... I just, you know, I to me, it's because wedding gowns of this period, high style wedding gowns of this period, to me, look ugly. But I'm thinking like um, I, the the queen mum who's now passed on Elizabeth Bowes Lyon as she initially was. I remember. I mean, I can't picture what she wore, but I know I've seen photos and really liked it. But maybe that's mm, early 30s. That might be because teens and 20, very early tw- teens maybe, but that kind of late teens, like 19, 18 through 20, through, through the whole 20s. Uh, it's some of the really classic high style ones just they really fall flat to me and and i think you know for me at least mary and edith's first ones were so this one i thought was pretty nice you know um for the in tech in terms of the show i'll rank it right after rose's second dress because you know okay um the veil was beautiful i liked the little kind of keyhole neckline. I mm-hmm. thought that was a little something of interest. Yeah, I was glad it wasn't a high neckline. And the hem was really pretty. Yeah, handkerchief yeah. hem kind of look. And and I do swingy. think, I mean, with the 20s, the big thing is is that the dresses go simple and that's where you get the huge veils. Yeah. You know, you don't usually, if it's a big dress, you don't usually have a big veil. So I think it's kind of a, a trade-off. And, and that veil, certainly, when she came down the stairs, yeah. you know, that was definitely an entrance. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yay, yeah. Edith. Yeah, I still think Mary should suffer more in order yes. to get her sisterly relationship back. But yeah, because okay. she got pregnant again. Fucker. Yeah, I know she needs more suffering, she but does. okay. Yeah, I but, this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh-uh. All right, but I, I'm not as furious as I was last week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So let's work through some of the other characters. So okay. let's do Mary next. Sure, Mary. So um, she did have one or two nice 
things. She had some decent day wear. Yeah, um, she went over to, I think she went over to the Dowager's house yes. in that white outfit with all the black edging, and yeah. that was really nice. And it had some nice, uh, like a, uh, what would you call it? It was kind of, it wasn't a sash, but it was a, um, a thing across the waist. <laughs> a thing. A thing with a, with a, uh, not a ruffle because it was just like a swag. Like a hanging. It was like a hanging swag sort of thing okay. on the skirt, um, which with the trim, that black trim carried down uh, across it. And it, it was just a nice accent. It was, you know, her day wear was less mumsy through mm-hmm. most of this episode. She did rewear one of the, the ruffly high neck oh, blouses. The grandma blouse. Let's um, just call that the grandma, the grandma. blouse. She wore, rewore it once when she was consoling Henry about him not having, you know, a purpose in life. Whatever. What does he need a purpose in life for? They're independently wealthy. <laughs> and he's there to be cute. Yeah. Um, but mostly she had some nice things like a, this, this gray and cranberry kind of top and skirt outfit. Mm-hmm. And, and I like she had yeah. a blouse that was, um, I got excited about it. I, don't think, I think you kind of went, uh, um, but it was sort of a war- that same warm khaki color everyone, yeah. everyone's been wearing, but it was silk charmeuse and short sleeved. And then it had some sort of like netted or embroidered collar yeah. that was attached to yeah. it. And, and I thought it was pretty. It was a, it was a nice color. And the, with the, it was the fabric was particularly yeah. good. Yeah. Um, let's so, see. Yeah, Mary was. It was. It was better. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think the 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 outfit, um, the outfit she wore another day outfit that was a a gray blouse with a cranberry skirt was yeah. really pretty. And there was this band of printed fabric at mm-hmm. the bottom of the gray blouse around the hip. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, oh, uh, Rose is back. Yeah, Rose came back, of course. And we kind of knew that there, were, there was a bit in the news, you know, before the episode um, aired saying, you know, Lily James is going to come back. Woo-hoo. I felt very meh about her wardrobe. I didn't dislike it, but there was, I kept waiting. I thought, oh, Rose is back. And I kept waiting yeah. for there to be an, a standout number. And there really no. wasn't for me. No, um, she did have one questionable number uh, during dinner, uh, the one big dinner before the wedding. She was wearing kind of a, I don't know if it was pink or silver. The evening gown didn't you didn't see much of, but during dinner you could see that from the uh, waist up, uh, she had this uh, like a bandeau with a pink feather sticking out of it, which looked very cliche nineteen twenties. And I know obviously that's where the cliche comes from, but it just looked like something you got for fifty cents yeah. from a chintzy you know I mean, tourist hot, store in new orleans yeah, it was hot pink yeah you know it was this little hot pink poof yeah i like, was waiting for the the plastic cigarette holder holder yeah and the plastic pearls to swing them around yes, you know? totally so, and i mean obviously again i mean that comes from something but unfortunately it has been kind it, of it wasn't done very tastefully yeah you know? right um you know and of course her little plot point was to take um robert out to show him how Cora is actually she's doing something with the hospital and she's, she's pretty good at she's, it she's good at she has a job and she's good at it so don't knock it right because you know? so and he manages to get over that woohoo yay yeah um it was cute though yeah. and uh, and obviously he mostly just wanted Edith to be happy but it was also cute to watch him kind of revel in the fact that she was marrying a Marquess yeah and then woohoo <laughs> she married up yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so that was he, he cute. was very happy about that yeah um, the rest of the stories were all, you know, tying knots, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Mosley is getting a full teacher job and a cottage. Although the one thing they didn't tie up was him and Baxter. Cause obviously he's into Baxter yeah. and she at least cares for him, whether yeah. or not she cares for him romantically is 
a little bit unclear. I mean, I think she does, but yeah. but they they didn't actually tie that up, which I was surprised by. That's true. But she's not going to, you know, carry on about her past bullshit. Yeah, blah, she blah, did blah. decide to let that go, which yeah. certainly leaves the opportunity for her to be open to something. Or at least not. Anyway. Right. Um, the rando storyline of Spratt being the agony ant columnist. Um, you know, Denka tried to hold that over him. Yet again. And, of course, the Dowager didn't give a shit, because, right. you know, why should she, honestly? Yes. So, check. Yeah, that and that was him. cute. And, once again, good to see Denker put in her place, yeah. but I would have rather seen her be fired. Uh, Kendra called it. Uh, Daisy and Thank Andrew. You. I, 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 I doubted that, because they didn't, they didn't, there wasn't, okay, I didn't see it before. I didn't see that there was uh, actually laying groundwork, but. Oh, God, yeah. for, like, the whole season, he's been just little, <sighs> little looks and little, oh, I'll help you with that, or okay. I'll walk you this yeah. way, that way. Just but, not. of course, as, as soon as he gives up on her, you know, Miss Patmore says this, but as yeah. soon as he gives up on you, oh, now you're into him. Yeah. Which she is. And yeah. it made me a little nervous, though, because finally at the end, you know, he's like, he gets it, you know, various people say things or whatever. He yeah. figures it out. I'm like, oh, shit, she's going to lose interest again. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. they're they're on the same wavelength now. Right. And so she's agreed to move into the, uh, the cottage with Mr. Mason. I thought that they were probably going to do more with Daisy going on and, like, having a career. Yeah. But I do think... But I always felt like that was an option, and the other option was she would end up taking over Mr. Mason's farm and marrying Andrew and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so it seems like now she's kind of in line to do that, yeah, so. rather than do the, the Gwen thing of just going right. off. Um, Carson. Carson's got the palsy. Yes, which I guess is Parkinson's? Well, I love how he says, my oh, father yeah. got it, and his father before him, and his father, where there's nothing that can be done about it. Yes. There's no point in going to the doctor. Medicine hasn't advanced in the last 70 years. There's no treatment for it. There's no reason right. to do it. There's, there, nothing can be done. But I, so I, I'm just going to go wither away and die. Yes. Uh, but I did think it's funny, because I have thought a couple of times over this season, as they've been talking about getting rid of Barrow, yeah. a couple of times I thought, well, Carson is getting on in age. He's not going to be there for forever. I mean, um, and he so, had some heart attack or something, oh, like a right. season or two ago. Yeah. So as soon as he started shaking, I thought, aha, yep. they'll get Barrow back. Totally. And, and hey, that does work out perfectly, because, yeah. you know... Uh, he's actually finally basically made friends with everybody there yeah. and it's the kind of position he wants and he would be open to Carson still being involved and yeah. so it's a perfect situation for but, everyone. But first they had to let Barrow go and go to a boring job where they had, you know, two other staff and it was for some super old fart who had just him and his wife, you know, serving you know, like, let me serve the cheese course. And, no challenge, and, no. And pull that, put out the candles. Um, so, you know, he had to go do that for a couple of months first, but then, you know, tie that up. I am excited, though, because as Barrow being butler, he'll get to handle the hiring, which means he can hire all of the potentially gay, hot, cute, young valets and footmen. So maybe there might be true love in the future yes. for Barrow. But not too many, because we still want to, you know, economize. This is a... Yeah. This is... We are looking to the future. Oh, right. my God. Okay, let's... let's we'll, okay, we'll get to that in a minute. In the yes. Because there's yes. The, the heavy-handedness of the ending. Yeah. Well, I think they had and to. They had to, but... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Isabel... 
and then the dowager getting involved with lord merton yeah whoo that just advanced all very quickly and granted i mean it's been coming what in the last one or two episodes uh but with the the daughter-in-law suddenly turning into the mega bitch who's gonna like lock it i don't know what what are they terrified about if he marries (sighs) isabel that somehow she's gonna get some money out of him or something i don't understand that storyline frankly yeah it was confusing and and it was just so rushed it was it was a real that was a rush storyline especially because it's like and then i'm gonna marry him and then jump cut and oh we're so happily married and when that was something she'd agonized over for seasons at least at least one whole season it seemed you know i mean i get that something happens and you change your mind but it just felt whoo okay yeah and yeah and the 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 daughter-in-law's motivations were just never super clear and you know it seemed that whole one seemed very forced and most of her outfits, although we liked some of them in the first couple, I just were sort of whatever. But I did like she had a, the way she runs into uh, Isabel and, and Lauren Burton in the village where they're leaving the hospital and she's wearing a black dress with a red floral print. And mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. Yeah. I think black and red is always yeah. fabulous together. It really is. Um, let's see. Uh and at one point, Isabel had a really nice pleated trim on the collar. It was one of those ones, like, you often see it on hats, where they sort of accordion pleated the mm. trim, and it goes in, like, circles. Oh, um, yeah, that was yeah. on a coat. It was on a coat, yes. and it was just the same color, and yeah. and just yeah, on was, little pals, but it was, it was a nice little touch. It was nicely done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we got all the little storylines tied up and then we get to the wedding day and of course huh, the oh. last storyline that gets a neat little bow is Anna oh you let's ha- okay everybody first off first, it's are, lu- you, it's, are you still working uh, it's ludicrous that they would have let her work when she was a bad advance of a pregnancy I get when times you- are changing and she's part of the family and blah 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 but when she's eight to nine months pregnant when they, no. they they say at some point early in the episode, oh, when are you due? Oh, 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. She would and, not be working. And I just kept thinking, please don't pop at the wedding. We were terrified. Don't pop we at were, the wedding. We were literally saying like, squeeze, Anna, squeeze. Because, Kegel, do your kegels. Don't pop at the wedding. Especially because poor Edith, every time she's about to get happiness, something comes in and takes it away. So I was just terrified. That yeah. Because something would oh, happen Jesus. to. Yeah. Everybody wants to steal her thunder. Totally. Because, you know, Mary told Henry that, you know, she's pregnant when Henry and Branson announced their car dealership, whatever. I, snooze, snoozing on that storyline. Although I get that they need to have something that whatever. they're doing. And I like I, I like that Branson's got his little pal now in yeah, Henry, whatever. blah, blah, blah. Whatever. But oh, yes. We did see the return of, of Branson's hopeful love interest um, oh, in, the, yeah. in the editor. But, yes. you know, tiny little bow Yeah, there. but that'll definitely but, happen. you know, uh, so Anna finally does her water breaks at the end, uh, uh, tw- after the wedding, during Thank the reception. Very convenient. Mary's Thank room. Thank you. <laughs> right there, up in her room, and Mary's like, oh, here, give birth on my bed. Because, you know, why not? Yeah, and I did love that after it was over, you know, there's... Uh, Anna with her hair down, perfectly combed and, and nice. And granted, someone could have combed her hair, but in this perfectly crisply made bed, and there's no blood, there's no screaming and sweating and, and all of that. It's just, ah, it's all bucolic. Right. But I did think it was really cute when, um, I can't remember who ran downstairs. Was it, oh, it was Henry, uh, yep. runs downstairs to get uh, Bates and he's like, come on, let's go. And Bates is like, what? And oh, oh, 
Anna's in Mary's room and the doctor is with her. And that was cute. And then Bates' reaction. He was so excited. And, All right. They're nice people and we want them to be yes, happy. Finally. Finally. Oh, and actually that reminds me. Mary was wearing an interesting dress there. Um, it was this black and silver thing with um, this really cool little pattern, like triangular kind of pattern on it. And, hmm. Uh, it was the it was the dress I guess she, that she wore to the wedding um, that was probably under a coat previously. But then you see it in all these last scenes. Um, Side note: One thing I thought was interesting was that uh, obviously the wedding was a daytime affair and the reception was inside, yeah. and all the ladies were still wearing hats. Yeah, I was wondering about that. It, I I, don't I mean, know. I get that you'd have hat hair. But I'm yeah. so used to the sort of the leftover 19th century thing of you yeah. take off your hat when you, I mean, you certainly have the option to take off your hat when you come inside. So I don't know. It's just, I just wonder how done that, you know, yeah. is that typical? I don't know. I don't yeah. Know Cause, and especially since it seemed like at least the family was staying there till midnight. Cause this was new. The wedding was on New Year's Eve. They did lose hats by evening. By you know, then. Yeah. They it. slowly lost hats. But not all of them, because um, when Edith and Bertie left, she and Cora kissed, and they were both wearing hats, and so they, you know, a little side, you know, um, tilt, and Cora was still wearing her hat, and so I'm like, what time did they actually leave? And then, because, I don't yeah. know, it was weird. The timeline of the day was a little odd to me. I wasn't clear on, is this daytime still? Is this, like, before lunch? Is this... After lunch, is it before dinner? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> this is what happens Anarchy. When, Car- when Carson isn't running the show. Exactly. Uh, Two yeah. random little things with the wedding. I thought it was weird that Shrimpy, um, who is uh, Rose's dad, was giving the toast or the speech. Yeah. And was that implying that, that the Earl had, had already given his? And now this random like uncle or whatever... I don't know. I was confused about that. And then I was also confused why um, Bertie's mom was waiting to like for the sort of ceremonial kiss goodbye at the foot of the stairs. And granted, when they were leaving and I granted, I get the, you know, to finally show 100 percent that she's team Edith. But it just seemed like wouldn't her mom and dad also be there? Like, they why were. was it? They were right after. Yeah, but they weren't. She was up on the landing and it was like it seemed like she was in a more ceremonial role and that confused me. Well, she, well, because the others were last. It was like the, the final farewell would be your parents because, you know, they actually well, care more. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Shrimpy, I don't know why he was actually there or why he gave this speech, but actually his speech was just to deliver a telegram from the other grandmother, that would be Cora's mother, Levinson. Oh, thank you. Yes. Okay, because she said Mrs. Levinson, and I'm thinking, who is that? Why, he he right. reads a telegram, and the Earl couldn't read a telegram. Right. I don't know. Maybe right. the Earl is averse to telegrams. Um, yes. Or he yeah. probably already given his toast, but I just thought that would have been a sweet moment yeah. to see the Earl giving the toast yeah. or whatever, be, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it, it's, Although, it's maybe because they thought, well, let's bring in every actor and let's give him something to do yes. for the final episode. Yes, because, totally. you know, we need to give him a line if we're going to pay him scale. Right. <laughs> so. Right. It's in his contract. I need a line. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, other than that, they, and then some, they all got off, yeah. off and out the door. Yeah. And some final thoughts. I mean, I think this show has always done the sort of reflective thoughts, but there was the little scene with, Cora and Robert walking down the hall and having their reflective thoughts about the future and and all the bows being tied and all of that yeah. was that was a little 
little cheese ball, but it, it's hardly the first time this show has done that kind of thing. Yeah, I think there were, well, there was, oh God, it seemed like the last, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, I wasn't watching the clock, but there were a lot of, oh, because, yeah, the Dowager and Isabel had a moment of, you know, well, you, you we can't go back, like, we're toasting the future, but we, well, we can't go back into the past, you know, it's like very, it's this, the that last section of the show seemed very self-consciously. We're saying farewell. Not just we're saying farewell, but. This show is trying to show how things have changed and this era of big houses and upstairs, downstairs is no longer with us. And aren't you aware of that fact? Now, and I will say they've done that throughout. It's always been yeah. about the changing of the guard right. and the... It's always been a theme, but this was like, we are going to hit you over the head with the fact that this is the theme and did you not notice that this is the theme and we are closing the show with this theme. <laughs> Yes, but I also think they were doing the thing that you do of we're going to go one last final shot of all of our main characters so we can say goodbye to them. But each main character had to say that theme. I mean, that was the part that I was kind of, we get, because we, we had we had the Earl and Carson saying, changing of the guard. Changing of the guard. Then we had, you know, the Earl and Cora saying, changing the guard. The old times are gone. And then we had Isabel and, and the and the Dowager saying, it's the, can't go into the past. I'm like, hey, at least with us. Uh, we get it. Mary and Henry and Edith and Bertie, they both of them, they just showed them kissing. Yeah, they just. That's all we really want Thank them God. is we just want to see them Thank happy God. and in love. But, you know, you could have just had any one of those scenes. It's kind of like, okay, the Lord of the Rings, you know, how Return of the King, you have, they have, have, five, ten different endings. You have the ending in Gondor. You have the, you know, five endings. You have the ending in Gondor. You have the ending in Rivendell. You have the ending in Hobbiton. And then you have the ending at, at, at the, the Grey Havens. I mean, okay, we get it. This is over. And I love that, by the way. <laughs> but we get it. We're ending. The series is ending. And it's ending. And it's ending. And it's ending. Okay. It's ending. By the way, did you know? Down the Abbey's over. Oh. I'm so, a little sad. Yeah, I, you know. I uh, mean, again, it's good. They they ran their course. I think they if did. they'd kept going, they would have had to really start focusing on, you know, they would have had Sybil and all of them grow up or something. Oh, I don't know. But no, no, it's yeah. it's good. I'm glad. I just feel like, yes, it, it's it did its thing. And that's that's good. Yeah. Um, but what are we yeah. going to do for for middle of the road and enter- quality entertainment? That's a bigger question that I think we'll have to discuss on the blog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's it's nice. And I have to say some kind of closing thoughts on the series itself. Please. Is that it's, it's been really good to have, you know, I think every so often, um, certainly, every, you know, in, in my 40-some-odd years of watching PBS, really, let's, let's put it that way, um, there have been shows like this that... Um, capture the public imagination with a h- historical drama. And it's and it is, admittedly, often a soap opera kind of thing. But those are the stories that can get people into history. Yes. A lot of times. Because, you know, even with something like, you know, reaching back, like Elizabeth R., you know, there it's a it's a lot of you know there is a lot of politics and history, but there's ultimately there's the story of a very interesting woman doing really interesting things, and so there it is about the people, um, and then that gets you around 
then once you get focused on that, then you see, oh, the history and the costumes and the settings and the castles and all that. Um, you know, upstairs, downstairs. This is just upstairs, downstairs. That you know, upstairs, downstairs in the seventies on PBS and BBC was this same thing and almost spot on. Like it went over World War One. It had the upstairs masters and servants. The whole works. It is also fun to have there be something that we who are interested in historical shows have something that that's captures just the general zeitgeist and something that you know. It's fun to have other people come play in our sandbox yeah. and and experience that a bit and get to feel like yeah. we're yeah I mean hanging with the people well and and you know the the first pole dark the current pole dark I mean all of these kinds of shows they tap into something that crosses between the niche us you know who are into history and into these kind of parts of time and the re- for whether it's for the costume or the in historical details or whatever, um, and the general public who just wants a rip and good yarn and is like, oh, and you said it in a different time period? Well, that's neat. Um, so it's great to me. I think between Downton Abbey and the Game of Thrones, between those two, that we've seen this whole expansion of drama and storytelling in other places in other worlds and also it's a chance to get to see the kinds of shows we like to watch which are the historical ones uh get to see it where they're actually spending a ton of money on it because usually it's like oh and we've got six extras and the costumes are been worn 40 times before and here it's like the quality of just the production has been so high and we don't always get that yeah yeah, and I think, again, Down Abbey and also Game of Thrones kind of coming around the same time, and they fed on each other saying, look, high-quality storytelling, high-production high, quali- high value has an interest be- beyond our little niches, and it can be a big hit for, I mean, for freaking PBS, this, is, this has been a massive hit. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad because that means, and it's reached across, outside of just the normal, usual little nerdy PBS crowd. Um, so that they've been able to make all these other shows and some of them have been good and some of them have been bad, but... And now they're kind of fishing for what's their replacement yeah. going to be. But, you know, we wouldn't have seen Wolf Hall, probably, if right. we hadn't had the success of Downton Abbey because they right. probably, you know, wouldn't We have... probably wouldn't have seen Poldark. Yeah, they wouldn't yeah. have They wouldn't have done those. And now, then, of course, they wouldn't have done Mercy Street, which <clears throat> we'll talk about that <laughs> another time. Yes. But, you know... There wouldn't be all these additional shows if there wasn't a Downton Abbey because of the success of Downton Abbey. And, you know, I'm extremely grateful for that because it, it shows that high, high production value historical drama can bring in the viewers. Yes. And can create um, a buzz. Yes, absolutely. And it's worth it. And, and... Spend money on us. Yeah. Make us It's not just us little niche. Yes. There's more. Yeah. And also when you do spend money on these things, and I'm not to say, I mean, there are lots of budget productions that where they're working really hard at making something quality, but, you know, if you spend money at this kind of thing, you can pull people in. And I do think, I mean, because they're always fishing for the, you know, what's going to hit. And there are certain things that that filmmakers will try and it's just, it's a little trite or it's falls flat or mm-hmm. whatever. And so, you know, the more they can figure out what it is that does work. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. 
and this, you know, it's not just about the production values here. I mean, you, Julian no. Fellows is a really good writer. He had oh, a yeah. lot of experience. He's he's worked for television and he's written movies and you know, he'd had a lot of success before this, so it wasn't like they were drawing in some random noob who didn't know what they were doing. I mean, you know, ITV who produced it in um, with with Masterpiece Theater or Masterpiece PBS. Um, they knew what they were doing, and so, you know, getting high-quality writers along with um, high production value, you know, that's going to be a winning combination, and it, it's, you know, you put those together and put it out there. People want it, people, yeah. People will respond. And Absolutely. It's, I, I kind of, I've joked occasionally on the blog, we're, we're in the golden age of historical drama on TV right now. There is so much stuff out there. That, you know, so much of it's that's good and that's bad, but there's so much. There's so much more than there used to be. And a lot of that is due to the mm-hmm. success of Down Abbey in the past. Right. Because it, it used to be, years. I mean, there would be a miniseries or, a you know, two episode, three episode kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, Masterpiece Theater, this is, that's been their bread and butter. Yeah. But to have these ongoing shows, multi-seasons, yeah. I mean, that is something that, I mean, if it happened before, it wasn't in my lifetime. Yeah, it was, you know, it was... 10, 20 years ago. Right. You know, and it hasn't been that way for a long time. So yeah. we are really in another golden age of that. And Which oh, means at some point it's going to end. I know. It's, it will. <laughs> and we'll, we'll cry at that point. But we, we have, you know, even if you're just a Downton Dabbler, um, you owe, and if you, but if you watch other shows on TV, especially, you know, UK shows or US shows or Australian shows or Canadian shows, especially, mm-hmm. you, we owe it to Downton. Yeah. Because that made a huge impact in our, in our viewing world. Absolutely. So. So mad props. Yeah. And mad props to the, to Julian Fellows, but also to all of the actors and, and mm. the costume designers and everybody who's worked on the production, costume, right. set design, all of those kinds of things. Uh, they've really, you know, it's it hasn't, it hasn't always been perfect, but it has been really good. Yeah, and it's been a force to be reckoned with. And I, I'm really glad for the impact it's made. And I'm, I'm glad I jumped on after a couple <laughs> of years. It took me a while to get into it, but it was worth it. And um, it's been a fun ride. Yeah. And I also think it points to, you know, the thing I always think, which is if we want these shows to be made, we have to watch them. You know, and that's part of what we do at Frock Flicks. I mean, uh, we're certainly known for our snark, but we also absolutely are out there praising what needs to be praised. And there's a lot. And so, you know, if, if, yeah, we got to watch the stuff. That's right. That's what makes it successful and makes more of it. That's right. So thanks. We really appreciate it. We're yeah. We're glad for what we've what we've been, you know, what what we've been honored to put uh, have put on TV, and and yes. we, we're really really glad. And you know, particularly, I I've always I, I will put this out there again. Americans support public broadcasting. <laughs> PBS does a great thing because that's really a good half of why we can get historical costume dramas yeah because most of these things are uh, funded by pbs or they're made in the uk and the reason we get to see them is because pbs picks them up and obviously is paying money to get to do that and masterpiece does have the masterpiece trust that funds um that puts money in with the with itv with bbc productions 
So they are helping to fund some of these productions themselves because they know that this that Americans want this stuff too, and we American producers won't always make them themselves, but the Brits will make them if right. we give them a little money and right. encourage them that, hey, we'll show them over here. Yes. So, you, know, you guys have the locations, we have the money. Right. So it's a, it's a joint effort and, um, you know, praise be to PBS. Yes. And thanks to Downton for spurring on all these yeah, this this all these shows. And please make the Dowager Countess prequel. Oh that God, would be so good. <laughs> yes. So we uh, wait with bated breath to see what uh, what's next. What will be next? If anything. If anything, and if not, we can understand if Julian yeah. Fellows and everyone are sick of this topic. But absolutely, that's fine. Well, until whatever next thing we podcast, we'll be on frockflix.com and on Facebook and Twitter, and you can always subscribe to our podcast, and you can leave us a review on iTunes. Bye! Bye!